Cody. What's up? <laughs> Got an update for you. Oh on, God, here we on go. The, uh, on the on uh, the crappy foods <laughs> debacle. Oh I'm Jesus! Going you find some Dunkaroos? I did not. I don't think they make them anymore, which is very unfortunate. Um, no, I had bomb pops and <laughs> taquitos. <laughs> bomb pops and taquitos. Yeah. I haven't even thought about a bomb pop. Are, when you say taquitos, are those those things that every school cafeteria had, but you never saw outside of school? Is that the things you're talking about? Those little wrapped up taco things? Yeah, I saw them outside of school. I, I never saw one outside of school. Really? Mm-hmm. I was looking for mini tacos, just like, you know, miniature sized tacos. <laughs> oh, is that what is that <laughs> If you, you didn't mean? know what a mini taco was. <laughs> And they were all out there. I don't know if they even sell them anymore. They didn't have them. I oh. really, I really wanted some mini tacos and and uh, dipping in some sour cream. Well, that's a fucking shame that you didn't get your <laughs> mini tacos. I know. So I, I had feel to do, really sorry for you, man. I had to do rolled up ones instead. <laughs> so yeah, that that was interesting. It was it was a bad day for my stomach the next day. I was gonna say, how was um, how was the exit of the <laughs> aforementioned taquitos? It can't have been pleasant. I mean, it was all right. It uh, it was more just uh, a going to bed was kind of difficult because, mm. you know, it was like someone was having a battle royal in my tummy. You sound like Mr. Brightside. Going to bed and your stomach is sick. <laughs> it was just all in my head. Yeah, man. Now she's touching his taquitos. <laughs> Welcome to the show, folks. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. For a couple weeks. And you have clicked on episode 30 of the SoCo show. So that's pretty exciting. 30 episodes? 30. God, it seems like just yesterday we were watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of fun stuff to uh talk about today, including of course the Super Bowl, um a lot of uh a lot of discussion around not only the game, but uh the commercials and some of the different trailers uh, that came out. So we'll talk a, a little bit about the Super Bowl kind of throughout the show tonight um, and if and in case you know you you listeners weren't were wondering this is not a tight ad this is not a tight ad at least that you know of yet so we're going to talk about everything super bowl in a little bit we've also got the return of seth's tv corner i know uh the folks at home are really really fiending for the corner man <laughs> I, I get lots of emails that say bring back the corner yeah yeah i get it's it so many oh. people are saying that it's the best segment that we have. They say it's tremendous, it's phenomenal, and that we have to kick the immigrants out. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to, I had to bring them back for you know for my corner cuties. So <laughs> <laughs> your corner cuties. Yeah, the, uh, my fa- the fans of the, uh, the the TV corner, my corner cuties. Yeah. That that goes with the so-host and co-host, by the way. <laughs> no, corner, corner yeah. cuties are staying forever. No, there are no corner cuties. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let's ask the folks at home. If you want to be referred to as a corner cutie, yeah. uh, tweet us or send us an email. You can, of course, as always, find the details in the description. Another thing you're going to find in the description is the Twitter handle of the Iron Sheik. And boy, was he busy this week. So we're going to talk... <laughs> About some chic tweets. I call you a punk. Where do we start this week? So this actually is going to be more of a 
more more of a this kind of has some backstory to it. Oh, okay. The, Hit me the, with the backstory. So, Wendy's was very excited about the Super Bowl. Wendy's the restaurant. Yeah, Wendy's the restaurant. Come on, what other Wendy's is there? Jesus. Um, Some people might have friends named Wendy. I don't know. No, no, they don't. That wrong. I only have one friend named Wendy, and she ser- serves delicious burgers. <laughs> so, there she the Twitter account, which is famously like they're they're pretty savage on Twitter, which is great. But uh, they tweeted. Biggest television audience of the year, eh? Sounds like the perfect chance to roast some frozen jabronis. And they have, like, this rivalry with, with McDonald's right now about them having frozen burgers and all that. Um, someone tweeted at the Iron Sheik in, in reference to this tweet and said, What do you say, sir? And Wendy's tweeted back to that tweet, Hope he doesn't break our back and make us humble. <laughs> <laughs> so then the Iron Sheik came back with, Be careful, Wendy. I suplex your cheeseburger if you don't respect the legend. Suplex your cheeseburger. That sounds like a like a sex act. Oh yeah. I oh su- man, I suplexed your cheeseburger last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's foul. <laughs> Never say that again. I don't know how many cheeseburgers I've suplexed in my life. At least a couple. I'm certain of that. Usually three at a time. I have a I have a chic tweet to share. Also, uh, I just saw this one actually a little bit ago. You may know at home if you're paying attention that the Dow. It's, it's been going down a lot of points. And so here's what the Sheik just tweeted in regards to that whole thing. Dow Jones, I break your fucking neck, jabroni. Fuck you and your fucking numbers. <laughs> also, didn't he tweet about Rob Thomas again? Uh, he did while we were on the show last week. I thought he did during the Super Bowl, uh, during J- JT's performance. <laughs> yeah, it says... Justin Timberlake, good, but he know Rob Thomas. Hashtag <laughs> Super Bowl. Uh, God, the Sheik is just... He, if, he, if it weren't for our microphones and the fact that we would distort like crazy if we screamed, just a reminder for the folks at home, all his tweets are in all caps. Mm-hmm. So they're much better to be screamed. Um, so make sure you go follow him on Twitter and scream all of his tweets out. And you can have pure gold. Uh, like, for example... Cold beer and suplexes. Hashtag Super Bowl Sunday. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's what the Super Bowl's about. This has been Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. A lot of fun stuff in the news today. Lots to talk to on the show. Like we said, we're going to talk a lot of Super Bowl. We got some trailers to discuss. Also, uh, back to the TV corner and... Uh, I'm very excited because I went to the movie Winchester last week, and so uh, when I came home, we recorded me describing the plot of which of that movie to Seth, so stay tuned for that a little bit later on in the show, but I think we should start with the biggest story, I think, of the week, and that was the Super Bowl. We're going to start in sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. So the Eagles, they win a fucking barn burner if I've ever seen one. Uh, against New England, what was the score, 45-37 or something like that? 41-33? Nah, like mm-hmm. Anyway, they won by eight, and fuck, that was a classic, man. Can you remember ever seeing a better football game than that one? I, I mean, the last year's Super Bowl was pretty cool, but it wasn't a completely great game. Um, we got, a, I mean, I think we got a lot of big moments in the playoffs this year, and the Super Bowl kind of wrapped that up. And mm-hmm. you, you were complaining, was it last year or the week before, like we got robbed <laughs> got robbed of a yeah. potentially great game, and then we got probably a better game than what we would have gotten in the first place. I can't imagine getting a better one than this, so I guess I'm okay with the fact that it wasn't Breeze and Brady. Yeah. 
but this, I mean, wall to wall, this was tight, and it was exciting the whole way. One punt in this game, uh, over 1,100 yards of offense, which I think is a record, and it's just fucking insane. Brady throws for 500 yards in a loss. <laughs> Foles goes for 300, uh, throws a couple touchdowns, and catches a touchdown. He was the MVP. Mm-hmm. Were you... Well, I know you were. Talk about how how surprised were you to see this out of the Eagles last night? Oh, I mean, I, I was... I, I was pretty... I, I mean, I was eating my words by the end of it. <laughs> um, I, I didn't think that they had any of that in them offensively. I... Not a not a fool's believer, and uh, I I still think that he's I think he's he's in in a very good situation with what he's in. I I don't I I see him going to another team next year and not succeeding. So I, I think that all the weapons around him uh, had made it, and what little he needed to do, which he made good throws when he needed to, but he didn't really need to do a whole lot. But they, they still were surprising. They ran the ball really well. Um, he capitalizing the opportunities that when he had them um yeah it it was a pretty shocking performance they played a damn near perfect game on offense Uh, no turnovers they punted one time Mm -hmm. and they got points on every other possession which is just fucking insane how much of this is the eagles coming out and and being awesome and how much of this is how terrible the patriots are and i would say on both sides we had no defense in this game yep um I, I feel higher about the Eagles' defense than I do the Patriots. But mm-hmm. on both sides, this was there was no defense. There was poor tackling. There was poor positioning all the way through. Yep. And I think it's so hard once you get to this point. You've played – this is your 19th game by the time you get there, um, for the, these teams anyway. And it's it's – especially defensively, it's so hard to play to the level you have been all season because you're just so damn tired at this mm-hmm. point, you know, and beat up and, and all that. Like, look at the Patriots. They didn't even start what who is their best corner, Malcolm Malcolm Butler. Yep. Um, because for whatever reason, whether he's hurt or they, he just hasn't been playing to the level he should be or whatever it might be. But, like, defensively, it's so hard to live up to what you have been. And the Eagles have been a good defense, but the area to attack them is is through the air. Um, and that's how it's been all season. So I, I wasn't completely surprised by all of the offense um, from the Patriots. I wasn't surprised by that um, when they were getting through the air. But uh, I, I mean, I mean, like I said, I was definitely surprised by the, the amount of offense the Eagles put up, even with the bad Patriots defense. Absolutely. I mean, it, I can't say enough how entertaining it was all the way through. Even, even most great football games have boring times in them. Mm-hmm. But this was just score, 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 score every single time. And the score was tight the whole way. You never really knew. You always thought that Brady was going to come back and get it. And they forced the fumble at the end and sort of shut that down. Do you think that is, if you had to pick a play of the game, is it the fumble or one of the one of the other plays? Yeah, I mean, that that's really, that that was the game right there. You know, it was, it was that fumble. I mean, there, there, there was no indication of the Eagles being able to stop the Patriots on, on offense. So realistically, Tom Brady would have driven down the field and scored and probably won the game right there. You know, so I think that I think that's definitely the play of the game in my mm-hmm. my estimation. Yeah, that's definitely one that him and a couple of those offensive linemen are probably going to be thinking about for a long time to come. Yeah. You got to feel for Brady, I think. He, he played lights out. He played like the greatest ever. Mm-hmm. And came so close, uh, had it, you know, had it kind of stripped away from him there literally. Um, pretty tough. 
you know, Brady is five and three now in mm-hmm. Super Bowls. Uh, there's a lot of talk in the NBA about LeBron. He gets to the finals and then he loses. Brady's five and three record. Does that matter? No, not at all. I, I mean, yeah, the the stat one of the stats is that the Patriots have now lost the most Super Bowls. Hmm. Uh, in the NFL, which they've also been in 10. So they've won half of the ones they've been in. That's still pretty damn good. Yeah, I take so, that every time. Yep. <laughs> so, I, I no, I, I don't think this is... Because all of the losses that have happened that he's had are not on him. I mean, he's he's been the one that's kept them in these games. Yep. You know, the, these, this loss is on the defense. Yep. Um, and you could probably say that for all of their losses, is that they've never had a historically good defense. It's always been their offense. Yep. And all of these games that Brady's been in, he's he's always shown up and been damn near perfect. His his legacy is is the best of all time, and it's not even close. Yep. I'd agree with you there. I mean, we talked about this kind of thing a couple of weeks ago with Breeze and Roethlisberger going out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it sucks when someone plays that well and still loses. Brady goes down as the um, highest passing yards ever in a loss mm-hmm. regardless of regular season super bowl anything yeah 500 plus passing yards and you lose you know you mm-hmm. hang hang 33 points in a game you don't lose many of those yep uh, but that defense couldn't buy a stop and that's what happens you know yep well th- the game was obviously fantastic i think most people watched it we don't need to tell them too much about it but i do want to highlight uh, a couple of the, the best commercials and i think that there's not going to be a lot of disagreement here because there really weren't a ton of really good ones, I don't think. There was really a handful. I wrote down all the ones that I liked. So I'll go kind of from five to one. I thought that the – oh, you know what? I have six. Um, Jesus. Honorable mention for the the promo for the new season of The Voice. They did like a big singing oh, yeah. thing that was pretty funny. And it was right after halftime. And I saw a couple tweets online that said it was better than JT, which I disagree with. But right. it was still pretty cool. Uh, my fifth favorite one, I would say, was the uh, Lionel Richie commercial where they're trying to get – I don't even remember what it was for. But they're trying to get him to say All Night Long, <laughs> oh, yeah. which is his favorite song or his famous song. And he won't do – he keeps saying like – uh, like all evening, all evening duration, yeah, yeah, for the entirety of the time the sun is down, yeah, and shit like that. So that was pretty funny. I got a kick out of the uh, the Febreze ad. Do you remember that one, where the guy's bleep don't stink? Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought that one was pretty. And he doesn't funny. know what Febreze is because he doesn't stink. Yeah, he's like, mom, what's this? Um, let's see. My third favorite one was uh, the Giants dancing. <laughs> Eli Manning and Odell Beckham doing the dirty dancing yep. pose. That was pretty sweet. Uh, my number two, I thought it was going to be the best one all night, but my number two was um, Peter Dinklage and Morgan Freeman doing mm-hmm. lip sync raps. Yep. Um, that It could have only been the Peter Dinklage part, and that would have probably been my favorite yeah. because it was fucking fire, and they would like cut over to Buster Rhymes in the middle of it. <laughs> But then to also do Morgan Freeman with Missy Elliott, that was pretty fucking sweet. Yep. I know you agree with the top favorite one, and I think most people would agree that they won the Super Bowl commercials, and that was the Tide ads, <laughs> where they would they would pretend it was another commercial, and then David Harbour from Stranger Things would just go, nope, it's a Tide ad. <laughs> and it's funny, too, because they, like, would have other characters from things. like Mr. Mis- Clean. Mr. Clean and the fucking Old Spice guy. Like I they forgot ha- about the Old Spice guy. Yeah, that one fucking killed me. They had me. the Swiffer ads. Like, they, they were able to use all these same products but just be like, nope, it's tied. That was fucking great. I and loved then, that one. 
even like they would do it in like when they come back for commercial and have a pan of the city and stuff and they you know they'd have like the little commercials in the in the bottom of the screen like they even did them in then too yeah, like yeah. this is tied 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 like they kept doing that stuff it was like <laughs> jesus christ how much money did they pay <laughs> probably uh way too fucking much yeah it would probably make you sick if you saw it but yeah tied ads they win they win the super bowl commercials for me i think that uh i, I think most people would agree there i'm proud to to fund those commercials i enjoy tied i you know i use tied as well and uh i don't have any stains oh my god dude did we just promote Tide? <laughs> this podcast is a Tide ad. Yeah. We are now the Tide show. <laughs> You're the Tide host and I'm the Tide host. <laughs> and we're going to have, uh, instead, of two, instead of corner corner cuties, we're going to have Tide cuties. <laughs> I guess you could call our studio the Tide Pod, right? <laughs> oh, wait. I guess that'd be the name of the whole show. The, the Tide, Tide Pod. Pod. Yeah. Welcome to the Tide. We're going to get sued by Tide. Yeah, that's all right. I really do. I, I do really use Tide, though, and it's fantastic. Let's touch on uh, another big deal from the weekend. We had the NFL Honors and the Hall of Fame selection, which was pretty exciting. Uh, the awards, not a lot of crazy shit going on, except for that the Rams won everything because they're the best team. <laughs> and other than that, though, some pretty exciting additions to the NFL Hall of Fame this year. You had Randy Moss. I think he's a big highlight. Randy Moss. Big former Viking. And you had Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. who was the biggest shoe-in. Almost definitely he'll be like the keynote guy. Um, he'll kind of speak last, I'm sure. Yeah. One uh, one surprise was Brian Urlacher. Yeah. I know when we talked about this class a f- couple months ago, we did not expect him to get in, at least not on the first try. But yeah. excited to see him in, another guy that we grew up watching, as well as Brian Dawkins, mm-hmm. who... Um, Again, a little bit of a surprise for me that he got in right uh, th- or this early, but mm-hmm. definitely I think deserving. He was always a stud when he was playing. Did I miss anyone? Terrell Owens. T O duh. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks were pretty pissed that he hadn't already been in at this point. Mm-hmm. They wanted him to the NFL to put some respect on his name, <laughs> and finally he gets in, which I think it's it's cool that him and uh, Randy Moss go in, two of the biggest like diva wide receivers ever, <laughs> going in at the same time. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, but two of the, I mean, they're they're both. I mean, Randy Moss is top five in all of the receiving categories, mm-hmm. and To's top ten. Yep. So it's crazy. This is a real studly class. It doesn't make me feel old, though, because these are the guys that we grew up watching now, and, <laughs> right. and now they're going into the Hall of Fame, and they're all old and gray-haired and shit. Not, just a quick side note. That's not a Hall of Fame football, but definitely surely a Hall of Famer in basketball. Um, did you happen to see Kobe Bryant's reaction to the Eagles winning? Oh, God, no, but I know he's from Philly, right? He's, yeah, he's a huge Eagles fan, and I don't think he reacted as happy as when he won any of his titles like he was he was he was fucking ecstatic um he had his kid in his hand and he was just like running around the room like yes 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 <laughs> it was pretty funny i fucking love that and he didn't realize it too because like it was you know the hail mary ended the game and he didn't realize that there was no time on the clock left so he's like just don't catch it just just drop it just drop it and then you know the play is over and he kind of stands there for a second and then he's like oh my god they won they won the title. They won. <laughs> I thought that was, uh, that was pretty funny. I got to go look this up. I love Kobe, so uh, definitely any chance I get to see him, very excited about. Yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, pretty big Eagles fans. You had Bradley Cooper at the game last night. He looked like he was fucking stoned out of his mind, though, <laughs> hanging out with the Eagles owner. 
Kevin Hart apparently got shit face drunk and cussed on NFL Network, so <laughs> they kicked him off. Um, a lot of other, a lot of other folks that you saw on Twitter and stuff. So pretty cool. Yeah, you got all of the Super Bowl, all the celebrities getting out and and um, cheering against Tom Brady for some stupid fucking reason because they're all stupid. <laughs> all right, from the Super Bowl, we move on to television. That's what she said. TV. Well, Seth, the people have been clamoring for it. Again, I, I can't tell you how much people just keep bitching. They say, I need Seth's TV corner back in my life. Hold on. The corner cuties, corner cuties don't bitch. Uh, well, they were, they've, been, they've been very passionately asking for more. They just want more. And exactly. I keep telling them it's, it's downtime. It's the off season. There's no TV on. And they say, you fucking you find something for Seth to watch because I need the corner. Yeah. And I'm I'm pleased to say that we got we got the corner for him today, don't we? We got a couple a uh, couple quick ones, a couple right. quick corners. Let's quick get corners into it. are going to be <laughs> quickly, quickly. Your corners are quickly going to be. I can't think of a c word. Accumulated. Uh, this is stupid. Let's get to the corner. Wait, we don't have. That's a my TV corner. We don't have a, a, a TV corner sound or a real one, do we? We haven't done a new one. We should do a new one. I don't know. I kind of like the vaguely racist Italian one. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's it's not. It's a Mativicona. <laughs> I want some pizza pie. <laughs> no, we got to have something new. Let's figure out something new. Well, maybe if you did more TV corners, we'd have a new sounder. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm Seth. I'm just out here disappointing all the corner cuties. <laughs> I'm not going to continue until we have a new TV corner sounder. How about this? It's time for says TV corner. <laughs> no. I think that works. Tell us about some fucking shows. What'd you watch? <laughs> All right. First off, if you uh, if you enjoy the new nickname, hashtag I'm a corner cutie. Damn it. Hashtag I'm a corner cutie on, on Twitter. And if, then Double points if you can say it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a corner cutie. Hashtag four. You gotta, that's how you're going to do it. I don't think there's a lot of corner cuties. You don't need to distinguish it with a number. <laughs> there's a lot of corner cuties. Tweet at us at Soko Show Pod and declare your status as a corner cutie or a not corner cutie. So, yeah, you, you add it. Here's how you do it. You add us. You do at the Soko Show, or not the, at Soko Show Pod, period, space. I'm a corner cutie. Hashtag four. That's what you're going to do. Uh, you know what, Seth? You know what, Seth? Here's what we're going to do. <laughs> and you spell out for F-O-U-R. Here's what we're going to do. If you can get if you can get 20 people to do that. <laughs> 20 people didn't even listen the last week. Yeah. That, it's a big deal. You're going to have to start a movement. If you can get 20 people to declare on Twitter that they are corner cuties, then I will get a t-shirt made that says, I'm a corner cutie. <laughs> And I will wear it. All right, I'm in. Okay, there All you right. have it, folks. Make sure you, uh, if you want to see me in a stupid ass shirt, <laughs> hit the tweets. <laughs> All right. The, this I t- this better be the two best corners I've ever heard because this has been a lot of buildup. Oh, they're not good. I said they're short. Well, so. Christ. Oh, yeah. So what you're telling me is that we got a lot of buildup and excitement and talk about how great this is going to be, and this is going to be kind of disappointing and yeah. too short. Yeah, it's kind of like. Uh... Like the get down, the for the two seasons of the get down. Get the fuck out of here. I'll come over there and bitch slap you. <laughs> I was trying to make a sex joke about you and you're insulting one of my favorite shows. Yep. 
You better you better get to talking about the deuce, or I'm gonna come over and slap you. What if I want to talk about the good place first? I'm gonna punch you in the good place if you don't start talking about something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm gonna kick you in the deuce. Oh Jesus. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna start about start with the deuce because I'm afraid. In three, two, <laughs> one. <laughs> Two is deuce. Um, all right, so the deuce. Uh, I'm definitely late on the. <laughs> late. Stop laughing over there. <laughs> what? You're about to say that you're definitely late on the deuce. <laughs> yeah, I'm never late on the deuce. I'm very regular. Well, um, you, you finally had yourself some activia and got to the deuce. <laughs> so what did you, you think? I um, so yeah, I'm definitely late on the deuce. It's been out for quite a while now. Um, stars James Franco twice. He plays himself. And he plays a, a character and the character's twin brother. Also stars Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Um, as a hooker. And some other random characters like Method Man is in there for a little bit. Uh, Tariq from The Roots is in there for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't know the actress's name, but she was on Revenge. She played... Amanda, Amanda Clark. Oh, okay. Not, like not, her. not Emily Van Camp, but the other girl. Um. So yeah, overall the show is, as I mentioned, about kind of about hookers, about pimping, pimping and hookering. Um. In the uh, in the seventies, hookering is definitely the correct term for it. By the way. So, I mean, and it takes takes place in New York, which apparently the New York was called the Deuce in the seventies. Is it still called that? I don't know. Do you know? Big Apple. I'm not asking for other nicknames. I just want to know if it's the deuce. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I just know. You just don't. <laughs> I just know it's the big apple. Oh, Christ. I'm getting tears on the microphone. Is this this show any good? (laughs) Oh, my God. We got Uh, the gigs tonight. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I just wanted to ask you a fucking question. (laughs) Let's go with the Big Apple. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's it's the deuce. Yeah, it's the deuce. Um, overall, the show itself, I thought, was very just okay. Um, the main issues I had with it, is with it being about prostitution uh, in the 70s, is that it's not... For all, the, all of the movements that are going on right now, it is completely contradictory to that. Oh, sure. Um, I mean, women get beaten in it. They're called names. And I was kind of hoping for more of the show to kind of go in a direction of, like, hope and improvement and empowerment and things like that. And it never really got to that point. Um, it kind of did a little bit with Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. But overall, it was just like it didn't leave in a, leave you in a good place that way. Um, as for the performances, I thought they were pretty good. Uh, James Franco, like I said, he plays himself twice he plays a character twice not him not himself himself but he plays a character twice um very different characters 
Um, so he did have a lot of range in this in this show, but nothing that was you know too groundbreaking. You know, you've seen these characters before. Mm-hmm. I did really like Maggie Gyllenhaal's character, and she's been nominated for some stuff. Um, her character and her performance of the character is is really compelling. Um, she does she does a really good job, and she's definitely deserving of of the award she's getting. Um, I mean, none of the pimps are likable characters. Um, you want to see them die, <laughs> basically, because um, they're just awful to these to these, you know, the, the women that they're hookering. Um, I don't know if that's, I don't know what the correct, they're pimping them, pimping. That's that's why they're called pimps. Yeah. They, the, the hookers are doing the hookering. Hookers hook. Yeah. They pimp the pimps pimp. Pimps Um, got a pimp, man. Yeah. It's hard out here for a pimp. (laughs) So yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just not, it's definitely not a feel good show at all. Um, it there there are some interesting things in terms of the storylines as well. It de- it delves into um, kind of like the like the mob in the seventies a little bit and in certain areas. It also goes into like porn, how porn kind of started, oh, sweet, and how like it blurs the line. Porn kind of blurs the lines of prostitution, which I never really thought about before. Um, and and that actually got. I think it's based off of some of the show is based off of the legislation. That happened and in New York uh, when porn was becoming popular and, and people started actually recording it and things like that. So that was interesting. There's a lot of little interesting subplots, but the overall premise of the show with the hookers and, and things like that, it was not super fun for me. So um, I would honestly, I would say, if, I mean, if you if you have HBO and are looking for some good performances, um, check it out. But otherwise, I would I would say skip it. Honestly, uh, it's, if if none of that you know hookering and and uh, all any of the topics I brought up sound interesting to you, which for I would say probably most people it wouldn't, I'd say skip it. Wow, yeah, this one I I had seen some positive things, um, but I'm not surprised to hear hear what you say though, because yeah, that's definitely some tough subject matter to pull off. Um, but you said the acting was pretty good. Do you like Franco? Yeah, he was he was fine. Um, Again, nothing that I haven't seen before. He was pretty Franco-y, um, just kind of slightly different versions himself with the two characters he played. Nothing nothing groundbreaking, though. Well, you heard it here, folks. Uh, you can skip the deuce. Well, you shouldn't <laughs> skip. Don't skip it too many times or you'll be sick. But uh, one thing you did say was that it, it didn't leave you in a very good place at the end. So it's lucky that we have a second show to talk about today that I assume did leave you in a good place. Jesus Christ. Dude, I've been waiting for five minutes to make that joke. Yeah. <sighs> Big Apple. Um, <laughs> so, yes, The Good Place. Um, I talked about the first season not too long ago, and the reason I'm keeping this one pretty short as well is I don't want to spoil anything for people who haven't watched the first season, which if you haven't yet, fuck you. Now, the show, so obviously it, it's about, from what I talked about the first time, still about the same thing, uh, about kind of about heaven and, and well, they don't explicitly say heaven. They do say hell in this. So they, they've kind of gone more towards this, but towards, you know, heaven and hell type thing. But it, that's, that's what it leads you to believe. Stars Kristen Bell, um, Ted Danson, and then some other actors that aren't as famous. But it's the second season. God, I, cause I don't want to spoil the first season. So I don't want to spoil, because there's a pretty big twist at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But it builds off of the end of the first season that – off of that twist. And really, the show – the thing that impresses me most about the show – because, A, it's, it's still a very, very funny show. It's – every week it, it makes you 
makes you laugh in, in ways you don't expect. And uh, it really has some great character. Just the way the characters interact with each other is, is really – it's written really well. But the thing that I am most impressed about the show is it continues to evolve, and it evolves itself pretty quickly into doing different things. Uh, it's not afraid to try new things. Whereas a lot of a lot of like sitcom type shows, and this isn't really, I guess, isn't really sitcom. It's a single single camera comedy. But a lot of shows like this will just continue the same formula until it gets stale, and they'll they'll so they'll continue for several seasons, and then they'll start to get stale. Um, you can even look at shows like The Office, who did that for they did it for a lot of seasons, mm-hmm. you know, and it didn't get stale very quick. But you could see a, a show like The Good Place continue the same formula for a very long time, um, and then eventually get stale. Whereas they are changing. There's the seasons are only 13 episodes a, a season, so whereas a lot of all those other shows are like 20, 24 episodes, something like that. So they ha- even have less episodes, but they continue to morph the show and try new things and take it different places with still a high amount of success and make it still very entertaining and not too far off from what people love about the show that it, it still just it, it still makes the show very compelling and, and a lot of fun to watch. So um, the second season, actually, I think it's still 100% in Rotten Tomatoes. It finished the season 100%, so that's pretty cool. Wow. Uh, a lot of people love the show. I, I hope it gets some nominations and recognition come Emmy time and continues to, to – you know, put out the episodes like like it's been doing. Um, they left off at another kind of cliffhanger, another reveal type thing, which is really cool. And they're the next season. At least it sounds like it's going to start uh, in a in a completely different way than what the last two seasons are. So it's it's just interesting to see how this show continues to change and continue to be one of my favorite shows on TV. This is one I'm really excited to check out because it sounds really creative. And very. and very different from some of the stuff that we're used to. I like what you said about how it's kind of changing things up because you're right. A lot of these these 30 minute shows will just be super formulaic and mm-hmm. not really try to do anything different. So, um, yeah, definitely. This has been on my list for a while and I'm actually going on a plane trip this week. So maybe I'll throw that in the old queue and, yeah. uh, and try to catch up with you. It's quick to watch. I mean, it's the like I said, 13 episodes for the two seasons. So a half hour episodes, so you can get through it pretty fast. I know a lot of I know a lot of folks really like this one. I've I've heard over the course of the last of fall, um, I heard a lot more people who had started that show mm-hmm. and um, and really liked it. So I, I do think it's picking up steam. Um, and yeah, I, have they definitely been renewed yet? I don't know. I hope so. I would assume they will be because they're one of the best performing shows on NBC right now. Maybe the best on it. Well, probably besides This Is Us. But, um, yeah, who knows? Maybe they'll get, like, a longer order for next season. Do you think it would benefit from that, or do you think you'd rather see it stay at the 13 episode? I actually kind of like the 13 episode. I, I mean, obviously I want to see more more episodes, but I think the 13 episodes gives them gives them a kind of a tighter deadline to work with. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to stretch out as much, and, and they can kind of pack each episode in yep. with, with – what they want and also just, you know, throwing some good jokes in there and they can get what they done, get what they want done in, in those 13 episodes. Not seeing anything for season three, but yeah, I mean, all the, all the articles and things that, that come up are all very positive. So I'd be very surprised if they don't get renewed. Yeah. Same here. Just based on what I'm hearing. Uh, I agree with what you're saying too. Some, a lot of times a shorter season can be a lot better because you don't have the wasted episodes that a lot of shows end up having. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, another another one for for the old list. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch and catch up on. 
Then so we yeah, can do the TV Kona. No. I think I actually heard a cricket outside. <laughs> yeah, you, there's there's no Kona cuties. That just doesn't work. No, that's true. Yeah. I don't have any fucking cuties. Nope. I got to find some cuties. Yeah, you can buy them at the store. They're little oranges. Oh, yeah, I should get some cuties. And I'll yeah. fucking throw them at you. <laughs> Let's get out of the TV corner and over to movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Kind of a, a lot of surprise. No, well, kind of surprise. Um, movie news this weekend from the Super Bowl came in the form of teaser trailers and full-length trailers and... Uh, we had a surprise movie get announced and then released on the same day. Uh, and so there's kind of a lot to get to. Let's talk trailers first. We had, here's just a quick list of movies for which we had trailers last night. Mission Impossible, uh, Han Solo, Infinity War for Avengers, uh, A Quiet Place, Skyscraper. We had, uh... The Cloverfield trailer, which was part of a longer story we'll talk about in a second, uh, also had a really badass Black Panther Lexus commercial. So, <laughs> so there was uh, there was full of just awesome trailers and TV spots. I really wanted to talk Black Panther in some form this week, so I decided to talk about the Lexus commercial. The Lexus commercial was badass, though. So let's talk. Seth, I know you've seen some of these trailers. I've seen a little bit of some of them. Um, I think the one that most people are charged up about is is Avengers Infinity War. So, by the way, if you're like me and you're avoiding the trailers, don't worry. We're not going to spoil anything here. But, uh, Seth, what what are your feelings about the movie with uh, the new the new spot? Well, I'm just really excited to introduce John Cena's Wolverine in it, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> no, um, I mean, it was pretty short. It was 30 seconds. I would say most people probably saw it during the Super Bowl. doesn't really, again, reveal a whole lot more. Um, than what the original trailer revealed, which is cool. Um, some so there's a couple new action shots, which were neat. Um, you throw that song in there always, and I'm gonna get mm-hmm. hyped up. But then the, the, that kind of slowed it down, almost like a Rocky end of the fight version of the song. Ah, fucking right. Yeah, but uh, no, it was cool. I, there's there's some sweet action. You got a, a kind of a new look at Captain America's um, suit that he's got, so it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still very excited for it. I know, uh, when this one came on, I sprinted from the room because I didn't want to watch it, but Mm -hmm. I I was downstairs and I heard you during it going like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. ooh, uh, so I'm assuming it was a pretty good trailer. Oh, that was just me eating pizza. (laughs) The trailer that had me the most hyped, obviously, was dun, 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 Mission Impossible. Pink Panther. I was, quick story about this, I was in the kitchen getting a drink when that commercial came on and you were at the door signing for our pizza. Mm -hmm. So the pizza man was basically in our house and I saw the uh, the iconic Tom Cruise come onto the screen and I made a noise that I am very not proud of. Um, I would say it was a gasp slash yelp. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm sure that that pizza man probably thought I was about an 11-year-old girl. Oh, he definitely laughed. I then also ran back into the living room and watched the entire trailer. And I think I blacked out because I was so excited because I don't really remember anything about it. <laughs> I just know that I was fucking jazzed when it was over. And it wasn't even a full trailer. It was like, see the full trailer online now. I, yeah, I really don't need a whole lot of Mission Impossible to make me excited. Uh, I was pretty charged up. But you, you went on, you went online and watched the whole trailer, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is it, uh, 
are you going to go see this movie or definitely not going to see it um <laughs> jason Bourne, i need him back because Fuck he's the, he's the true action i will star. suplex that jabroni <laughs> get with some cheeseburgers <laughs> um no it, it definitely you know it's it continues the trend of awesome mission impossible trailers um some sweet money shots in there a couple like there's going to be a brutal ass hand-to-hand fight with him and uh. henry cavill and, and the henchmen involved with that it looks pretty awesome um you can't you know you get the you get another cool big action piece like you know like the airplane thing in the last movie type thing it seems like they're they're going with like ethan hunt's kind of at the end of his rope here and he's tired of of how he's getting dicked around mm. so so he's ready for just to go balls out and and uh get some revenge type thing so that seems pretty cool Fucking i'm ex- sweet yeah i'm excited it sounds it, i think we're gonna get some gritty badass action in this one I can't fucking wait. Is that in July? I'm not sure. I don't think they put a, a date on the trailer, but they just said this summer. Yeah, I think I th- I'm pretty sure it's in July, and I'm fucking jazzed about it. Uh, Mission Impossible. Like, I'm. I think you'd agree, Seth. Uh, the most excited I've ever like been for a movie was when we went to Rogue Nation. <laughs> I was probably insufferable when we were waiting for that movie to start. But I was so fucking excited. Yeah, you were dancing. I think that may be currently topped by Black Panther. But uh, we shall see. Let's see. A lot of folks were talking last night about the Han Solo teaser trailer. So they, they put out a, a you know a short 30-second spot and wanted you to go online today and watch the full-length trailer. I only saw the teaser, and really all I have to say about it is that Donald Glover is Lando Calrissian in this, and that's mm-hmm. going to be fucking sweet. Yep. Everything else just looked kind of mad to me. I did like kind of the aesthetic. It, it reminded yeah. me of the look of like Rogue One kind of, a little darker than the main the main series, uh, a little more gritty. Um, does that, so you went and watched the full trailer, right? Mm-hmm. Does that extend throughout the rest of the whole trailer or was it just really for the teaser? Yeah, but no, the full trailer, you get quite a bit more. It's about a minute and 30 seconds. Um, you get to see more of, of him, of uh, Alden Ehrenreich of uh, being Han Solo, which not impressed by the by him. Not a lot of people are so far. He's not getting a lot of love. He's I mean he's just it, he's not he's not Harrison Ford and you can't expect him to be, but mm. you also kind of got to cast someone who's like him, you think, right? I I you would think so, but I guess there's not many people like him, but super wasn't super impressed by him. I did like I mean you got you got your Chewie in there, which is kind of cool. Uh your Lando in there. Woody Harrelson. His his character got featured a little bit more in there, which seems like he'll be like the mentor type guy, cool. which is cool. Um the look of it I actually really like. It, it does have kind of a I, I don't even it, it, I think it has more of a distinct look even from Rogue One. I think it has more of a kind of a I don't know, it's just kind of like an old school heist type of feel to mm. it. Yeah, the look is even grittier than Rogue One looked. So I think that that's really interesting. I mean, you got you got some cool shots in there. It, it this definitely is going to have more of a a space. I think it's going to have more of a space like heist movie type vibe to it, which is which is interesting. That's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually more excited after seeing the full trailer. Even though I still don't like Alden Ehrenreich as as Han Solo, I'm actually more excited for this movie than I was prior to the trailer. So. As a whole. Yeah, that's a good sign because I know you had said before, not super looking forward to this. And really, I think that's kind of the general feeling amongst most people is kind of a cautious sort of going in with low expectations and hoping it impresses. Yeah. Um, anything Star Wars, obviously, I'm going to be there night one. So I'm, I'm excited for this. But good to see that uh, the trailers got at least you a little more excited for this one. 
A little bit. Um, a couple more trailers here. One that one movie that I'm excited about is The Quiet Place, or A Quiet Place. Sorry, this is that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt movie. Um, it's kind of a horror movie, and it seems like the idea of it is that you have to be quiet, um, or something is going to come get your ass and kill you. And they don't really know what it is. I was really nervous to see this trailer. I did watch it, but um, I was really nervous because the original teaser that they put out, you never see whatever it is. You don't know what is coming to get them. And in the second trailer, I was really worried that they would show it and ruin everything like they did in Alien Covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, But they didn't. They They do allude. They do kind of tease. They kind of get you to lean in a little bit, but they don't really explain what's going on. Um, and so this one still really all we know is that you got to be quiet or something's going to come kill your ass. So, uh, I'm really charged up for this one. I think it's going to be cool. Did you, did you, have you seen the, the promos for Quiet Place yet? Um, no, I just saw the one from last night. I, I, I mean, I guess I saw a little bit of the, the original trailer, but really it was the first extended scene. You know what I've seen it is from last night and don't like horror movies, but it's pretty interesting. Looking Are you going to go with me? Probably not. No. I'm excited to see this one. Yeah, you can tell me about it. <laughs> well, I will certainly do that. One that I know you're a little more excited about is The Rock's new movie. Oh, yeah. And it had a new trailer. It did. Uh, Skyscraper, which is a really stupid title, but the movie looks pretty damn intense. Um, stars The Rock and Nev Campbell. <laughs> what a ta- what a pairing. Of Scream fame? <laughs> I guess so. Um, where The Rock is they the, there's a, the skyscraper is like a completely technologically advanced skyscraper where people can live it's like super tall and each floor is like a like an ecosystem so oh, people crazy. people live on each level and there's like lawns and pools and stuff like that on them um in a house so like you can kind of get through the trailer that the people who own it though are up to something sketchy and it's not completely safe and obviously not because the trailer shows the rock jumping off a giant crane to a burning skyscraper. And then, yeah, the skyscraper starts on fire. Um, the rock also has only one leg. His other leg is like a, you know, one of the robotic type prop legs. Um, I guess maybe not robotic, but, you know, just it's just a peg leg basically with metal. It's a prosthetic. Prosthetic. There we go. Big apple. <laughs> so... Um, no, it's it, and he's you know he's being badass and running off shit and looks like he's beating some ass. Um, it looks like a completely just like popcorn action movie. Looks like it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. But um, yeah, I'm excited for it. The trailer kind of got me hyped, which I didn't care about this movie at all prior to. So I haven't, I didn't watch this trailer, but I'm almost certain that you're definitely right. That it's going to be a big, loud, dumb action movie. Yeah, and I will go see it. Exactly. Um, did you ever see San Andreas? No, I did not. I didn't either, which I heard was fun action. Really? But I feel like this will be even more fun because he's going to have one leg and he's just going to beat all kinds of ass with it. And he'll be on the ground. Like San Andreas, <clears throat> he's in a helicopter a lot of the time. That's not badass. We'll be, he'll be not really on. He'll be, well, hang- he'll be up and he'll be he, cliff hanging from Because you, you actually did. You saw like the 30 second I did thing. see be- the 30 because, second because I you gasped. Au- yeah, you audibly gasped. He's hanging. Um, he's hanging and then. The thing from which he's hanging proves to be unreliable, and I did a very loud gasp. Like, yeah. I clutched my pearls and everything. It, uh, it was the second, Haven't done that in a while. It was the second loudest gasp he had that night compared to, 
the, Mar- the Mission Impossible gas, which our neighbors three doors down heard. Two noises I'm not particularly proud of, but I did make them. One of them was like, <gasps> but like more high pitched. And the other one was, <gasps> I sounded like I was dying. Like someone had hacked my head off and <gasps> that's the noise that escaped me. <laughs> like that. <gasps> that. That was the Mission Impossible one. That's a pretty good impression of me. Yeah. It's the best one anyone's done yet. Often imitated, never duplicated. Let's see, so outside of the trailers, the other, the craziest thing I think that happened last night was around this Cloverfield movie. You know, we've we've talked about this a couple of times on the show, but uh, Cloverfield movie, the Cloverfield three movie has been really up in the air. It's been kind of in transition between studios. I think last week or two weeks ago, we talked about Netflix had bought it up, mm-hmm. and what happened during the Super Bowl was they put out a trailer for it, and it was called the. Cloverfield Paradox, and they announced online and um, online right after they showed the trailer that the movie would be available on Netflix right after the game. <laughs> Which we had we had talked about a few weeks ago that they were going to be doing some reshoots, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't going to be out for a while. Surprise! Yeah, I guess they decided against those, and they put the movie out. And a lot of people, a lot of people on my Twitter, um, I know after the game went and watched this last night. I also. Went and watched it last night. You crazy person. Yeah, and if I could give a quickie review of it, I would say it's not great. <laughs> um, it's pretty okay. It Really what it boils down to, the plot of this movie is that there are some people on a space station and they're trying to scientifically create um, basically infinite energy. Okay. And the Cloverfield Paradox is described, it's like a conspiracy theory thing online where people think that if they create infinite power the way they're trying to... They'll have infinite responsibility? They will. <laughs> and and they'll also rip a hole in the fabric of space-time. And when they do that, the concern of the conspiracy theorists is that um, shit from other universes will somehow slip into ours. Oh. Yeah. And... Um, this isn't really a spoiler, but, you know, that pretty much happens. So is that how Cloverfield comes to be, like with the monsters? So, so let's do this. So let's do this. Um, I'll talk just really briefly, non-spoilers, and then we'll have a spoiler section um, in a bit where, where we'll spoiler. So non-spoilers for now. Um, the This movie's very okay. It's pretty much a by-the-numbers space horror movie. There's not a lot. There are a, really, there are a few really interesting... And thought-provoking scenes where you think like, man, what would I do if I was in that situation? And those are some of the some of the best parts to me. The cast of this was actually pretty good. So you have Daniel Bruhl is in this. He was the bad guy in Civil War. You have Chris O'Dowd. You have Daniel Oluwole. You have um, a few other people who I can't name but are but are pretty good in this. And you get not only the story of what's going on up on the space station, but a little bit about what's going on on Earth. You do get quite a bit more backstory about what's going on in the wider Cloverfield universe okay. um, in this. So um, I, I do think it's good. If you're into the whole Cloverfield thing, you got to watch this. Um, I don't think it's bad. I just think it's pretty okay. Um, I think it could have benefited from some of the reshoots and a little more time. But um, in and of itself, like independent of the other movies, I, I think it's just an okay 
kind of uh, thriller, I would say. It's more like a horror thriller kind of more than anything else Okay. Um, in the sci-fi realm. I did like it. The performances are good. There were some pretty gnarly deaths in it, which were pretty cool. And, you know, obviously it's Abrams, so it's it shot well and it's interesting to look at. Everything looks tight and um, all that is good. Just just not, it didn't really cross over into great for me. So uh, for this one, I'm saying cue it up and watch it when you get a chance. Uh, watch it in the dark alone if you can, because uh, there are some pretty good scary parts in it. But uh, in general, not something that that you should rush out to see. So let's take just a few minutes um you know, Seth is curious, and some of you guys might be also, uh, and talk just a little bit of spoilers about the Cloverfield Paradox. So this is your official spoiler warning. Uh, go ahead and down and look at the description down below for the timestamp that you can skip to if you want to avoid the spoilers. Um, so let's just get into it. These, um, obviously, they, they fuck up the power thing they're trying to create, and they rip a hole in space-time. And what happens is... You find out over the course of the... Are you going to go watch this? I don't want to spoil it for you if you're... Okay. Probably not. What they find out over the course of the movie has happened is they have actually jumped into another universe. And the way it starts is they there's a big loud shit goes on when they, um, when they fire off this big particle accelerator thing. And then they start looking around in the windows outside the space station and they can't see Earth. And they're like, where the fuck are we? Because they, right they were right outside of Earth. And... They, they start to like look around and they start to like find that things are in different spots. And I think what has happened here, so like for example, they have a bank of like worms that they do tests on and they find that the worms are missing. And then a little bit later on in the movie, they find the worms inside of a person. And yeah. so a lot of the things in this have shifted there's also a woman who is fused into a wall. What? Because of what's happened. Um, so when they shifted universes, some of the shit didn't didn't reappear where it was supposed to. Kind of like the fly. If you know the plot of the fly where he mills with the fly because he transports with it. <laughs> so there's some of that stuff goes on. That stuff is pretty interesting. There's also a an aspect of one of the characters on the space station in the in universe one her family has been killed um actually in a fire that's kind of topical and when she goes over into the other other universe she meets a character who only exists in that other universe and she tells her that her family's alive in this universe huh so there's kind of an interesting that's what i was alluding to earlier there's a really interesting like what would you do scenario because she gets the opportunity to go back to that earth on the other universe and see her family alive again. Um, so there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, to cut to the chase about the about Cloverfield and how it ties in, yes, when they ripped the hole in the universe, they accidentally brought in some fucking monsters. Okay. And one of them, of course, is the giant-ass monster that is in the original Cloverfield movie. Okay. What's cool about this, the, the very end of this movie, what you see is there is... Some of the characters survive, and they're riding an escape pod back down into Earth. And so you get this really wide panel shot where you're seeing that you're seeing that escape pod go down through the clouds. And so you're, the shot is you're looking at the sky, and sort of the bottom of the shot is the cloud line. And you see the pod go down, down, and through the clouds. 
mm-hmm. and then you're just looking at the sky. And while that's happening, there's a voiceover of a guy on the ground who is finding out that they're sending the astronauts back. And he's like, why would you send them back? Do they know what's going on down here? You can't send them back while those things are here. It's too dangerous. You got to tell them what's going on. And he's just yelling and yelling. And then you see the pod go down through the clouds. And then it's just nothing on the screen for three or four seconds. And then all of a sudden up through the clouds comes the fucking monster from the original one. Mm -hmm. And you get a really good shot of him in the daylight. And he's just fucking Godzilla screaming his face off. And he screams and screams and screams. And then it cuts to credits. So definitely we have in this movie, we have found out why there's the Cloverfield monster. So he's some sort of extra dimensional being that got sucked over into our universe because we were trying for infinite power. What's also interesting about this is the reason they're trying so hard for infinite power is that there's basically an energy shortage on the planet and no one really has energy right now. And so a lot of planets or a lot of um, countries are going to war over shit. So like Germany and Russia are going to war over power supply. Um, And, you know, China is being a dickhead. So like a whole (laughs) bunch of shit is going on on a geopolitical scale, which is interesting. Yeah. So there are a lot of interesting pieces to this movie. um, But at its core, really, like I said, it's it's just a sci-fi horror movie. Um, that has a nice Cloverfield tie-in. So th- those are the spoilers. I don't know if... Um, uh, hopefully I've done it justice. I don't know as much about the Cloverfield world as some folks out there, so correct me if I've misinterpreted any of these things, but I'm pretty sure that's what's going on here now. I thought in the Cloverfield original one, and I never saw it, I you didn't either, did you? Mm-mm. Um, I thought they never showed the monster. They don't show... So I haven't sat and watched Cloverfield, but I've I've read a lot about it and I've seen clips of it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they never show him full out. Like, you never see all of him in the light. Right. You do see, like, a foot go by. You see him scream a couple times. There is one grainy shot at the end of the movie right before a guy gets eaten where the he looks up with his camera because it's found footage. And it's a very blurry shot of the monster's head and he's screaming at the guy. And then he comes down at the camera and eats him. But it's very poorly lit and very blurry, um, so you don't really get a look at him. You also never really find out how big he is, but apparently he stands up through the clouds, um, which happens at the end of the paradox. So it's a big motherfucker, and it's ugly as hell, too. (laughs) Uh, And and also, it might not even be the same. There might be a bunch of these fuckers. Yeah. You know, it's hard to to tell. Um, Really, I'm, I'm really interested to see what goes on in the rest of this series. I think that the next movie, sh- I hope, is really good. Otherwise, they run the risk of not being able to put out all their movies. So, yeah, because the next one is apparently a World War II movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how that all ties in. Because maybe with the whole dimensions being torn up thing, some some of the monsters go back to World War II somehow. It very well could be. They do allude to the fact that they probably haven't only fucked up their own timeline but like previous and future timelines like they Mm -hmm. could have sent shit anywhere they don't know they don't really know what happened so that's a pretty interesting aspect that i'm excited to see him delve more into of course since it's abrams and this whole cloverfield we're only going to get it bit by bit but i am interested to see where they go from here Okay, so welcome back. No more spoilers for Cloverfield, but we are we are going to switch movies. Uh, Seth, you watched a Netflix original this week, and you're going to review it for us. Tell us what you saw. Yeah, a quick one here. Um, I don't know what even got me to, to turn this on, but I did. Um, it had a very big, obvious ad that was probably... 
a part of it, right? Wasn't it pretty loud on the beginning screen of Netflix for a few days? Yeah. Um, well, just to start off, the movie's called A Feudal and Stupid Gesture. Uh, it stars Will Forte, which actually probably is the reason I watch it because I like Will Forte a lot. But uh, it's you don't really get much from the from the cover of it. <laughs> but it's the story of of the Lampoon, the National Lampoon, and its creator Douglas Kenny, Doug Kenny. Um, National Lampoon for people who don't really know who that is. I mean, it's the movies that you obviously know about the the Animal Houses, uh, the Christmas Vacation, the Caddyshack Vacation. Yeah, all the European vacation. vacation. Even though he wasn't involved in though he the only movies he did were Caddyshack and Animal House. Oh, okay. Um, but actually, the National Lampoon was ori- originally uh, a magazine. That's where it kind of got its fame. Was in magazines. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yep. So. This movie tells the story of Douglas Kenny, uh, who was really the the heart and soul of the Lampoon. Uh, he had a, he had a partner um, named Henry Beard, who is played by Donald Gleason in this, who was there for at least the, he was there to help start it, and he was there for about half of it. Um, but yeah, really, it focuses on Douglas Kenny. It's it's a biopic, but kind of like I Tanya, it's told in a really different and interesting way. Um, you have Martin Mull, um, he's kind of a he's he's been in things you would rec- you'd recognize him if you saw him. But he plays um, they have him credited as mo- modern Doug, even though uh, you'll you kind of see in, the, in the later in the movie he's not really that case. But um, he plays like the narrator slash current version of of what what Doug is, and it's it's told in kind of a similar way to Itania, where it's like a like a very aware of what it's doing um, even more so though where this is like very fourth wall breaky mm-hmm. um, and it's told in like a it's it, it knows that it's it, it knows that it's not a serious biopic so it'll it'll make jokes about the actors that are in it or it'll make jokes about the way it's being told and things like that it's it's it, it's very uh, it's a very comedic uh, biopic, but it does take it takes some serious moments here and there too. I mean, he, he again. I I didn't know a lot about this guy going into it, and I don't know how factual all of this is. Um, but it seems like this guy has a has a very interesting story from what they they told in the movie. Um, kind of just how his how his life started and going because the Na- National Lampoon started at the at Harvard. That's where it was created as the Harvard Lampoon. So. Him and, and his friend, uh, his friend Henry Beard, are very smart people, but they acted very stupid, as you can, as a lot of people know by the National Lampoon and their, the comedy that you see from it. So it's just interesting to see kind of where 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 this all started and how these people, especially like Harvard graduates, how they took a different path from everyone else, especially during this time in the in the sixties and seventies. You, some of the funnier parts of this movie are the the casting of the the various characters because you get you know your your famous people Bill Murray's and Chevy Chases and John Belushi's and and, and guys like that uh, Harold Ramis is, is another one. Um, the casting of these people though are n- a lot of them don't look anything like these guys other mm-hmm. than the John the guy who plays John Belushi he's pretty similar but like. Uh, Joel McHale plays Chevy Chase, <laughs> which is really funny because they only did that because of his ties with the show Community, um, and and kind of the rivalry Joel McHale and Chevy Chase had, 
and the way they depict these these characters how they acted in these in the 70s and, and 80s and stuff like that is pretty controversial I have, a, I have a feeling like the actual actors aren't happy with some, with some of that too um, but it's just really it's it's a it's kind of a, another fresh take on a biopic uh, a very it doesn't take itself super seriously type of biopic it's a very funny biopic um, it's not it's also not the best put together movie too though because of that but overall I enjoyed it I thought it was I thought it was again very funny uh, will forte was was great um, he's very much will forte-esque but um, he's also kind of got some some deeper moments in this too, which you don't normally get from a Will Forte movie or, or show. The supporting cast is awesome. There's tons and tons of cameos in this. Uh, like I mentioned, uh, Joel McHale, uh, Chris Red from SNL shows up for a little bit. Um, I did it. <laughs> there's there's a ton of just like little bit parts here and there that you you be like, oh crap, that's so and so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would say if you're a fan of comedy and are interested to know more about more, more, know more about kind of the lampoon and how it started, uh, which from this telling of the story is pretty interesting. Definitely check it out. Uh, if you're looking just for kind of a of a way to kill an hour and forty minutes that that you don't have to think too much on, um, definitely check it out. It does have some deep moments in it here and there, and, and the ending is kind of interesting. <laughs> I'll I'll just put it that way. Um, it, that might throw you off from the overall tone of the movie. But overall, I enjoyed it, and it was, it was kind of a fun, fun little journey of the of Doug Doug Kenny's life. That's pretty cool. I never would have guessed that anyone ever involved with National Lampoon would have been from Harvard. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's a fun fact for the day. Yeah, I I did see the cast for this, and it looks fucking stellar. I know you're a big Will Forte fan because of uh, The Last Man on Earth. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, interesting. Very eclectic group of folks in this cast. Uh, so yeah, this is something I have on my list too to check out. Might be a good plane watch for me. Yeah, I mean you get uh, you get I mean tons of like Paul Shear, um, Natasha Leone, Max Greenfield who plays uh, Schmidt on Twenty Nine. Yeah, um, Nelson Franklin who also was in in New Girl. He was uh, he was her boyfriend who turned out to be her cousin. Oh, I love that guy. Yeah, he's in it. Um, like I said, Joel McHale, Seth Green shows up for a little bit. Ed Helm shows up for a minute. Just a ton of of small little bit parts, but it's it it's it is really funny. There's some really really funny moments that had me laughing out loud. Um, but overall, I mean, just some good some good solid some solid performances and some good little little roles here and there, and just a fun little movie at times. So, well, there you have it. Sounds like a good watch. Something that was not a good watch was the movie Winchester. And I went to that last week on Thursday. I went to the premiere of this fucking movie. And I watched it. And then I came home and I described the plot of it to Seth. And so what you're going to hear next is a recording of us from the other night talking about Winchester um, before we get into it, I will just say there are heavy spoilers. Obviously, I'm going to ruin the entire plot of the movie, so heads up for that. But don't go see this. Um, you like Either listen to me or don't. Fine, whatever. But do not go see the movie. It is fucking bad. So I'll, I'll leave it at that for now, but uh, stay tuned. Here we are um, from, uh, from the past. Past Seth and Cody are going to talk about Winchester. Here you go. I forgot I have a sounder for this. Ah! 
All right, man. Well, I just got back from the theater where I saw the new movie Winchester. In the middle of the podcast? In the Right in the middle of the podcast. I left and I came back and now here we are in the podcast. How and did I... How did I miss you? It, it, I, you ever seen The Flash? <laughs> you know how he goes really quickly and comes back? Mm-hmm. It's like that episode of SpongeBob. You want to see me run to that mountain and back? You want to see me do it again? <laughs> well, that may, I mean, if you even if you were The Flash, it wouldn't make the movie go faster. Anyway, so I just got back. <laughs> That's a really good fucking point. Um I'll tell you this, though. If I did have flash powers, I would have used them to make that movie go back faster. <laughs> because before I get into the plot of this, I just want to say for the folks at home, this movie is not good. It is, in fact, very bad. It's honestly one of the worst movies I've seen in the last few months. Uh, I will go ahead and describe it to you, but I, I, I'm I, telling you, don't go to this movie. Now, let me ask you this, because we've seen, you know, it's Oscar season. We're in the smack dab in the middle of it, and we've seen a lot of really good movies lately. Is it bad just because we've seen a lot of really good movies and there's, it's it's tough to compare it? Or it's actually, like, really bad, like, comparatively to, to like, Valerian bad? It's Valerian bad. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you why as we get into it. But just another warning. Uh, if you're going to skip part of this because you don't want spoilers, seriously fucking forget it. Like... <laughs> It's it's okay. I'm not going to there's nothing in this that's redeeming enough for me to ruin it on this end. Uh, maybe if you want to catch it on Netflix later on and you want to like get stoned or like have a chick over and Netflix and chill, then maybe fine. Do it for that. But other than that, this movie is really not worth anything. <laughs> um, so let, let's get into this. So we're talking Winchester, which is the new movie. I can't believe I'm saying this, but it stars Helen Mirren, which is fucking remarkable. I don't know how much she made or, like, who is covering up a murder she committed. That got, Whatever got her into this movie was not worth it. It stars her and Jason Clark are the two. Uh, Jason Clark, you might remember from Terminator Genesis, which was also fucking horrible. Genesis. Genesis. Uh, so he, he's not really on good terms with anybody. I think the last good movie he was in was Zero Dark Thirty. He wasn't that. Um, but... The, so what's what's cool about this and the reason I definitely wanted to go see it was it's based on the true story of Sarah Winchester, who was the wife of one of the Winchesters who founded Winchester Rifles. She So she her husband dies and she is the she's the heiress to the whole fortune. So it's like the early 1900s, like 1906. And she takes on like 20 million dollars worth of money and she's gotten a husband now. So. And, and this is this is by the way still part of the true story. So, Sarah Winchester buys up a piece of land and starts building a house, and she somehow gets the idea in her head that the house and she are haunted by the spirits of everyone who was ever killed by a Winchester rifle. And it's a pretty famous story. Give it a quick Google. It's actually pretty interesting. The true story part of this is yeah, because the house is real, isn't it? It's a real house. You can go to it. People say they say it's the most haunted house in North America, or one of them. Where's it at? It's uh, near San Francisco. Okay. Yeah. So it's a real house. Uh, the story is, is legit. Uh, well, as, as legit as a ghost story can be. Um, but so that portion is real. So that's what they're basing this horror movie on. So here's what we get. The, the movie opens with uh, a woman and her son in bed. They're asleep. And uh, you hear some noises and the kid wakes up. 
and the kid kind of like walks out into the house and he's kind of creeping around and then you hear like a loud noise and it cuts back to the mom and the mom wakes up and she's like oh snap like where's the kid um what's the kid's name it's um pretty sure it's arthur anyway so the mother starts going out into the house and she's like looking for the kid and she's like oh my god where are you kid and she's walking around (laughs) and she looks down the hallway and she sees at the end of the hall standing there menacingly is the kid and he's got a burlap sack over his head and she looks at him and she's like what are you doing and he finally fucking does like a and then he runs away And so she chases him throughout the house and eventually he stops and he's standing like on a landing up a stairwell and she walks up to him and she's like, oh my God, haha, like, why are you messing around? Quit being a dickhead or whatever. And she walks up to him and she takes the the hood off of him and you can see that he's kind of staring out into space and he's got like white eyes. His eyes are all white. And all of a sudden he, he says, he goes, he's coming for us. And she goes, who? And he raises his fucking hand and he points up the stairway that he's in. And the camera pans up the stairway and the stairway goes nowhere. It just goes to a wall, which is one of the features of the Winchester house, Mm -hmm. the actual real life Winchester house. Part of uh, Sarah Winchester's whole thing about this house is that she's always building the house and she builds into it all these secret passageways and stairways to nowhere and doors that don't go anywhere to try to confuse the ghosts she thinks there are so that they can't get her. So the kid has found one of these stairways that goes to nowhere. So we cut from there to Jason Clark, who is uh, he's he's doing some fucking drugs and he's partying with some chicks. Nice. And he's hanging out doing his whole thing. And he gets a knock at his door and he answers the door and there's this guy like a rich looking fucking guy and he's like I'm one of the lawyers for the Winchester company (laughs) and Jason Clark is like alright what the fuck do you want so Jason Clark is uh, basically like a psychologist like a a doctor and the lawyer has showed up and he wants Jason Clark to go to the Winchester place meet Sarah and declare her insane so that the lawyer and the rest of the board of directors for the Winchester company can take it over from her. So, cause she's right now acting as the head of shit and they want to take power from her. So they want him to go there and decide she's crazy. Cool. So of course, uh, they offer him a shitload of money and they say, we want you to like definitely call her crazy no matter what you see. So he packs up his shit and he goes to the house from there. Basically, it gets dumb. Um, he shows up at the house, and uh, the the woman whose kid was running around the house earlier in the previous scene, she kind of connects with him and talks to him and is like, here are the rules of the house. You have to stay in only this area. Um, don't wander off or you'll get lost in the house. Make sure you're always on your best behavior and you're always nice to Miss Winchester and all these other dumb fucking rules. Anyway, he gets to his room and sort of starts looking around and while he's looking around he does some drugs and when i say he does some drugs it's really hard to describe because he he he, he takes a like an eyedropper mm-hmm. and takes some of this some liquid out of this bottle that says like poison on it like <laughs> and it's literally says the word poison <laughs> and he takes a drop out and he drinks the drop and then he gets fucking high nice. I, I don't i don't know what it is i someone maybe tell me in the comments i don't know what this drug is so he's doing these drugs And the first kind of creepy scene of the movie is he's looking in a mirror 
and it's like one of those mirrors that is on like a it's on like a stem and it kind of swivels around mm-hmm. and he's looking in the mirror at himself and he's like he he's talking to himself which is something he does the entire movie and it's really fucking annoying he's looking at himself and he's like you're a piece of shit you're not <laughs> even a real doc I'm, i swear to god this is actual dialogue you're not even a real doctor you're a hack you don't know what you're doing and he'll he's kind of like swaying around like he's drunk and he'll turn away from the mirror and when he turns away, the mirror will kind of turn to the side and you're looking at the mirror. So in the reflection, you can see a chair that is positioned behind Jason Clark. And it does that. And then he'll look at it again and he'll swivel it back to his face and he'll talk some more shit to himself. And that happens like three times. Eventually, he, he looks at the mirror and he goes to talk some more shit to himself. But when he swivels it back to himself, he swivels it too far. So instead of swiveling it so it reflects his face, he turns it all the way around and fucking, oh, snap, there's a face behind, not in the mirror, but behind it. So he turns the mirror so that he can see past it. And on the other side of it, there's a fucking face. And it's basically, it's like a white person if you drew them black. (laughs) And so it's like a dead ghost or whatever. And along with that, there's this loud, like, noise. And... Basically, that is 90% of the jump scares in this movie. Basically, it's a person who shows up with a weird black face and a loud noise. Oh, I thought you meant like that was that was like the scare, like that was it. Oh, no. Otherwise, there was no other scares. Yeah, no, no. There's about a half dozen of them, but that's pretty much that's what they all are. So he he continues to talk to himself. He sees it and then he like freaks out for a second and then he starts going like, you're just seeing things. You're drunk. You don't even, you don't know what's going on. You're just being stupid. It's time to go to bed. He says all these things out loud. (laughs) Swear to God. And then eventually uh, the butlers come collect him and take him to dinner, right? So he goes to dinner and he meets the kid who had disappeared in the previous scene, his mom, and then they make a big show of bringing in Mrs. Winchester. And that's, of course, Helen Mirren. She sits down at the table and she's kind of chatting with him. And she sort of lays out the exposition that she believes the house is haunted by all the spirits. And by the way, all the time this is going on, there's like construction going on outside the house, which in the movie and in real life was a thing. There's been 24-7 construction of this house for like 20 at in, in this point in the movie it's been about 20 years but in real life it went out it went on for about 40 years all the time there's constant construction <laughs> so she explains that to him and her idea that the house is haunted and she explains to him that she's aware of the fact that she that the board of directors wants to take her power away from the business and so they kind of get to chatting and nothing really happens there but they all go back to bed that night And for whatever reason, they decide that Jason Clark can't leave his room at night. They want him to stay in his own room. And so they post a couple butlers outside of his room. So he's in his bed at night. Oh, sorry. The other thing they decide is that he can't get fucked up while he's at the house. They somehow know he's some sort of drug addict. Um, Mrs. Winchester basically says it to him so she has some sort of weird knowledge of him like she knows he's a drug addict she also knows that his <laughs> his wife has died in the past and she just knows a weird amount about him and this is all before the internet huh yeah exactly <laughs> so he 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 goes back to his room his drugs are gone he can't find them. he gets pissed <sighs> and so he's kind of staying up late because he can't sleep without his drugs and he looks out the window and he sees mrs winchester creeping around 
kind of across the courtyard. So he climbs out of his window and walks across the roof and kind of climbs into another portion of the house. And he follows her. And, yeah, the house. So he's doing like late night parkour. Exactly. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it, he looks like a fucking cat burglar. And so he follows her. And when he finally finds her, she is in this room. And she has like a black veil over her face, which you've seen if you've seen the poster for this. Mm-hmm. She's got a black veil over her face. And she's basically looking up into the air, but she's drawing on a pad. And he can kind of see what she's drawing. And it's basically like a like a blueprint for a room of the house. And it looks like – and she's whispering. And it looks basically like some spirit is fucking connecting with her and telling her what to draw. So he's staring at her. And all of a sudden she stops drawing. And she turns her head to him because he's looking through like a crack in a door. So she stops drawing, looks at him, and he kind of is frozen. And then all of a sudden, blow, a fucking black face pops out and looks at him. And he freaks out and goes like, oh, God. And then he runs down the hallway. So he's running away from her and trying not to get spotted. And then he, the where he's running toward, he can hear someone else coming from that direction. So he jumps into a closet and he's like, all right, I got to wait for you know, for the coast to be clear. And underneath the door, he sees a lantern go by. And when it passes by, he's like, okay, I'm good. And then he turns around and he notices that he's not in a closet. There's a stairwell where he is. So he looks down the stairwell and at the bottom of it, there's like red light. And he kind of squints and looks at it again. And then all of a sudden, fucking blah, again, like a blackened body starts trying to crawl up the stairs at him. (laughs) And he's like, oh God. And then he jumps out of his closet into the hallway and starts again going, you're seeing things. This is withdrawal symptoms because you're not on the drugs. You need to just go back to bed. Again, he says this all out loud. <laughs> and he goes back to his room and he goes to sleep. The next day he has his, his first like one-on-one session with Mrs. Winchester. And she tells him that she saw him the night before. And she says, you saw, you saw something, didn't you? You saw some, some, goblins or whatever around the fucking house and he won't admit that he has but then she starts pressing him and she's like i know what happened to you um i know that i know what happened to you and your wife i know that you died and when she says that he kind of grabs at his chest and you can see that he's got a scar over his chest and then mrs winchester reveals that she keeps a like a ledger of all of the names of people that have been killed by winchester rifles which doesn't make any fucking sense because how would you know that <laughs> and his name is on this ledger because whatever happened to him and they don't tell you yet whatever happened to him he was shot and died and then came back to life how? and uh, well you know like people do like they die for a couple minutes and mm. then they come back so you find that out about him And she is starting to kind of fuck with his head because she's explaining all this to him and he's kind of buying it. And she talks to him about a few things like um, the rooms that she builds in the house are sent to her. The plans are sent to her by the different ghosts. And the reason they do that is because she needs the ghosts show up at the house. She builds them a room and then the ghost goes into the room. Then she locks the ghost into the room by hammering 13 nails into the door. And then the ghost can be free after that. You're free. Yeah. And I know that sounds like I'm misremembering, but I swear to God, that is what, that is the plan. The ghost tell her, 
you need, and the rooms are all a replica of the room in which they died. So the ghosts show up, they start fucking with her, she builds them a room, locks them into the room, they go away. What? So it's a replica of the rooms that they all died in mm-hmm. by a gun. Right. Um, a, do they explain how she knows this? The ghosts have told her. Okay. And B, I would assume with it being guns, most people didn't die indoors. Yeah, and that's another weird part about it because a lot of them, you you see plenty of ghosts throughout the movie. And a lot of them are like Civil War soldiers and shit mm-hmm. who definitely died outside. <laughs> but they have rooms. Some of them are like slaves. And like uh, th- there's one point where a slave shows up in like a library. Tell me how the fuck a slave got shot with a rifle in a library. <laughs> that doesn't make any goddamn sense. And there's like, it, basically, that does not make sense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, fast forward, and basically I'm going to start to get to the climax here pretty quick because there's not much to this movie. Basically, Jason Clark continues to creep around. He starts to see some more fucking ghosts. There's a couple more of those bogus jump scares where all of a sudden there's just a fucking black body there. And he kind of starts to unravel right throughout the movie. So one of the things that's important here is that he's walking around outside and he's trying to talk with some of the construction guys and he is asking questions and he wants to get access to this greenhouse. And at one point he says to the guy, he's like, Oh, like I, I have a, I used to have a greenhouse just like that. Do you mind if I go in and take a look? And he won't let him because there's a bar over the top of it because there's a ghost in there that they don't want to let out, right? <laughs> and so basically he just he keeps trying to find out more. No one will give him straight answers, and he keeps seeing fucking ghosts around the house. So eventually shit starts to go sideways, right? At one point, the the kid goes missing again. He wakes up in the night, and he's like looking around in his bedroom, and it's all quiet and creepy, and he looks underneath his bed, and a roller skate runs by him on its own, and it skips down the hallway, and then he goes and chases after it. The reason why the roller skate is important is because apparently Mrs. Winchester decided that the Winchester company needed to start making roller skates instead of guns. What? Which is real. Um, and that's part of the reason why they want to get rid of her is because they don't want to make roller skates. <laughs> Which, duh. Anyway, so the kid goes missing again. And they're around, they're going around looking for the kid, and basically everyone gets scattered throughout the house. And eventually, Jason Clark finds a butler, one of the butlers, and he's following him around the house. And he's kind of guiding him around and looking for the kid, and they're kind of following his sounds and stuff. And at one point, the butler is like basically expositing more toward uh, Jason Clark and he's like you know all the ghosts in here think that it's the Winchester's fault that they died because they made the guns and Jason Clark is like well what do you think they want and the butler goes they all just want for all the Winchesters to die and he turns into one of those fucking black ghouls and (laughs) scares the shit out of Jason Clark and he's like oh god and (laughs) so he runs throughout the house and runs basically And this is one of the things that's stupid. He runs straight to the room where Mrs. Winchester is. Mm -hmm. Even though he didn't know where she was, and and this house is a maze, he runs straight to her. And she is in a room, and the 
the kid and his mom are also in the room. At that point, Mrs. Winchester tells a story of this one particular demon that has been in the house and is more powerful than all the other demons. Now, when I say she tells them that, I mean, literally, she says that. (laughs) She goes, there's one soul in this house that is more powerful than all the others. It is filled with hatred and we have not been able to stop it. She says all the shit out loud. And this is one of my problems with the movie is everything is said directly at the camera like not literally they don't look at the camera but they they read all everything it's it's like a it's like a fucking 12th grader wrote the script and was like how are we gonna know that there's one ghost that's more powerful than all the other ghosts and then the other guy went have helen mirren tell the audience that this ghost is more powerful and that's exactly what they fucking do (laughs) so then she goes back and she tells the story of this one guy and Basically, the guy was a soldier in the Civil War, and his two brothers were both killed by Winchester rifles. So this guy got a Winchester rifle and went into the Winchester rifle factory and shot the place up. And he killed like 15 people, and then he uh, got killed by, um, you know, the cops or whatever. To reiterate, this guy had two brothers that were killed in the war, and for revenge, he went to the factory where the guns were made. Not to the fucking opposing army, not to any of the other people, not to the soldiers of the other side of the war, not to the generals who ordered the fucking war to happen, but to the people who made the gun. (laughs) It's like if I ran you over with my car and you went and shot up the Toyota factory. (laughs) It doesn't make any goddamn sense. But that's the whole point of this fucking movie, because this ghost and by the way, you find out that the the um, the butler that had scared the shit out of Jason Clark a second ago. He is that guy. And he's also the guy that's possessing the kid. So what happens from here on out is basically a bunch of dumb bullshit. They all get separated again because the kid runs off. And Jason Clark finds himself in that garden that I was talking about earlier that he wanted to get in. And what you find out is that Jason Clark had a wife. And she was basically being crazy. And he diagnosed her as crazy. And she was trying to always tell him that she wasn't crazy. She was seeing something. And in one of her fits of craziness, she was going to shoot herself. And he grabbed the gun away from her to stop her from shooting herself. And she shot him in the chest. (laughs) And he was laying on the ground. And she was like, oh, my God, I just killed my husband. So she fucking blew her own head off. And then he made it. Somehow he didn't die. But she was dead. So it's basically Romeo and Juliet with a gun. (laughs) Anyway, so he sees her and she basically gives him the clarity to see all of the other ghosts. And so all of the other ghosts join in and they're like, we like you and you're a cool guy. And they spare him and basically they, they let him out of the room so that he can go defeat this one badass guy. So he goes back to the room where Mrs. Winchester is. Again, has no trouble finding it in this maze of a house for whatever fucking reason. <laughs> he finds her. Him and her are in the same room again. And the mom is chasing the kid around the house. And the kid's doing a bunch of dumb, creepy shit. Mrs. Winchester and Jason Clark are in this room. And she basically is just looking around the room. And all of a sudden, she's, she'll go like, he's here. He's afraid. He's afraid of you. He's afraid of the gun you have. Again, literally just reading this shit. <laughs> like, she just knows and she just tells him. 
Basically, the guy starts throwing some shit around the room and doing a bunch of scary shit. And the room that they're in is a replica of the room where that guy died. So it's a replica of the Winchester factory. So there's a bunch of fucking guns in there. Okay. And one of the actual cool shots of this is the guy starts throwing around all these display shelves and busting them and stuff. And at one point, Jason Clark is 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 standing there and he's got a gun and all of the other guns that are on the floor, they lift up off the floor, all of them, and they point at Jason Clark. <laughs> it's actually kind of a cool shot. While that's going on, Mrs. Winchester is, again, still expositing out loud to him. And she's like, the reason he's doing this is because he's afraid. He knows you can defeat him. It's it's because you have a connection to him because you were also killed by a Winchester rifle. That must be it. What He's afraid of you and the rifle. You can kill him with the rifle. And he he starts shooting at the ghost and the bullets keep passing through him. And she's like, it must not be that. It must be something else that connects you. And Jason Clark flashes back to earlier. Something I skipped over before. Jason Clark carries around the bullet that his wife shot him with as a reminder of her. So he pulls that one bullet out of his pocket and he loads it into the gun. This all happens while all the other guns are pointed at him. And he can't see... He can't see the um, he can't see the the bad guy. He just can see all the floating guns. So he closes his eyes, and then his wife whispers like, "You can do it," or some bullshit like that. And then he opens his eyes, and he can see which which um, gun the ghost is holding. So he fucking whips around and he shoots it with a wife bullet, and <laughs> so the ghost dies, and there's a body in there. While all that was going on, the 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 mom and the kid were in another area of the house and there was a bunch of other scary ghosts like approaching them and for whatever fucking reason uh, so earlier in the movie jason clark is always telling his patients don't let fear control you fear is not real you can overcome fear and the the mom and the son are standing in a room and they're being approached by all these by all these ghosts and she, like, puts the kid behind her. And again, out loud, she's going, I'm not afraid of you. Fear isn't real. I can overcome my fear. I'm not afraid. I'm a mother. I'm a protector. I'm a fighter. And she's, like, getting ready to fucking square up with all these ghosts. <laughs> and then one of them starts to swing at her. And that happens at the same time that Jason Clark shoots the main guy. And so they all disappear. Okay. So basically they were flipping back and forth between those two scenes to create tension and it didn't work at all. Um, (laughs) So he shot the guy. And at that point, everything kind of stops. Um, I skipped over a couple kind of interesting little scary stuff parts. Like at one point he, he walks down a hallway where all of the, there's like 10 rooms and they're all boarded up, but then at one point, all of the boards are gone, and all the doors kind of creep open, and he just kind of looks down the hallway, and it's really creepy, and then he runs away. So there's a couple little interesting kind of cool scares in there, but most of it is bogus. Mm -hmm. There's also an earthquake that happens, like a fucking earthquake. Like, when, when Helen Mirren is yelling, like, he's afraid of you, he knows you can hurt him, there's an earthquake happening, and (laughs) and the house starts falling apart. That's kind of what splits them all up. So he he shoots the ghost and then they they skip ahead to him and Helen Mirren walking out of the house. All of that shit happened when it was pitch dark, 
but for some reason the sun is fucking high in the sky when they finally exit the house and find the the mom and kid outside and they all hug and they're happy then jason clark goes into the garden and sees the ghost of his wife and she they say they love each other and and he says i'll you'll always be with me and all this other dumb shit and then he goes up to Mrs. Winchester, and he's like, what are you going to do now? And she looks at the house, and it's all kind of destroyed because of the earthquake, and she goes, rebuild, I guess. And then it kind of cameras into the house, and you see a room that's got one of those boards on it, and a nail kind of slowly wiggles its way out of the door and falls to the ground, and then the movie ends. When I tell you that this movie was bad, I mean, like, about 40 minutes in, I seriously considered leaving the movie. Really? Because it was... All of the scares... Seriously, all of the scares were the exact same scare. It was like, oh, all of a sudden there's a ghost standing there. Loud fucking music, and then it just disappears. That's it. It never seemed like anyone was in any danger. They didn't get creative at all with the scares. The whole creative coolness of the movie about the house being a maze was never effective because everyone made their way around the house with relative ease. <laughs> the ghosts weren't scary. The one badass ghost that we were actually supposed to be afraid of was 0% a unique or cool reason for a ghost to be more powerful than all the others. You know many people had their brothers die in the Civil War? Why would this one fucking guy be more powerful than all the rest of them? <laughs> um, Helen Mirren was, ho- like, bad. Like... Like I said, I don't know if she was forced at gunpoint to do this movie, but it was terrible. Like, she was literally just reading cue cards in in this movie. It was horrible. Jason Clark sucked. He he tried a little bit, but he was bad. Um, this whole movie seemed like the screenplay was written by, like, a, like an 18-year-old kid who this is their first fucking screenplay they've ever written. Mm-hmm. And they don't know how to show anything, they've, so they've got to read it all to you. So you're, what you're telling me is that Winchester won't be the uh, February movie, February horror movie that's nominated for an Oscar next year. Then no, this is this is not 2018's Get Out. <laughs> I, I I promise you this. I I promise you. I haven't seen what this is on Rotten Tomatoes yet. I don't think they've released the score. They haven't yet. But I'm willing to bet it is fucking low because this was not a good movie. And yeah, I've heard uh, the, I've heard a few things, just kind of like grapevine type things about the movie. Um. One of which they didn't do a premiere for this movie because a lot of times when they do that, the, the people who made the movie realize it's bad. Mm-hmm. So they just don't do it. Um, there was very few promotional items released for this movie. People knew it was bad going into it. So, Well, I'm glad I'm not the first to know because it it was dreadful. <laughs> like even among horror movies that I've seen lately, this was the worst. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's the worst movie I've been to the theaters in a long time. Probably it's the most disappointing, dis- disappointed I've been at the theaters since since Dark Tower. And Dark Tower, while I didn't like that movie for a lot of the creative choices they made, it at least was a decently put together movie. Mm-hmm. This was on all parts terrible. Like the <laughs> editing was bad. The the script was horrible. They would skip between things. Like it would just be scene and then another scene and then another scene. There wasn't generally there wasn't connecting material in between any of the shit. It would just be day and then all of a sudden it's night and some creepy shit is happening. They would skip between here's exposition, here's a creepy scene, here's more exposition, here's a creepy it would skip directly between those. There were only four or five actors in it, and none of them were any good. 
especially here. Like, I don't know how you fucking waste Helen Mirren, but <laughs> they accomplished it for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I don't, it was not good. Uh, I'm not recommending this to anybody again, unless you're trying to Netflix and chill, or if you're going to get like, get stoned and laugh at how terrible someone's delivery is, uh, definitely leave, <laughs> leave this one. You don't need to go see it. So it's, it's a, not a recommend, but a recommend. It's a, <laughs> it is a, um, it, yeah, I, yeah. It's a it's a wreck go mend, as in don't go. It's a wreck don't go mend. It's a it's a it or don't go, go away. It's a yeah. unrecommend, a disrecommend, a uh, don't go. Just don't go, people. Skip it. It's a skip it. It's not good. And if you're like me and you thought there's no way Helen Mirren is going to be in a movie that has a terrible script, you're fucking wrong, because it does and it is. <laughs> And I, I got to leave it at that. That's that's really all I can say about it. There's there's not this we we've already given this way more time than it's worth. So we we got to get back to the regular show because I I feel guilty wasting people's time with this horrible movie. <laughs> well, there you have it. Of course, the verdict on Winchester is don't see it. It's terrible. I don't know. I, from what I remember you saying, it was really good. Well, you need to go back and listen to that because it was not favorable. <laughs> and that's actually going to be it for the show this week. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to us wherever it is you listen. Could be iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Uh, could also be YouTube where you can find us on Jared Buckendall's channel. That's at Jared Buckendall. Don't forget to check out all of his latest reviews as well. I, he's going to be busy this week with some trailer reactions. I know that much. I think uh, tonight he posted one for Han Solo. So make sure you check out all his reactions and uh, movie reviews. Also, leave us a review on Podknife. Uh, you can follow them, of course, at Podknife. Don't forget to hit, hit the description. We're going to post... Uh, a couple links to some of the things we talked about today and, of course, all the details about where you can find us, our email, our Twitter, all of those good things. Don't forget to tweet us and let us know if you're a corner cutie. Hashtag corner cutie. Hashtag corner cutie indeed. Hashtag four. <laughs> well, that's going to do it again. This has been episode 30 for the so-host, Seth Ott. This is the co-host, Cody Michael. We'll see you next week. Bye, Gapple.